one, two, three, hello, here I am talking. I'm not peeking. Is Max peeking? One, two, three, hello, am I peeking? still peeking a little bit. still peeking. a little bit more. Yes. What, what kind of mic are you running there? That's a Yeti. Remember? I think blue, you blue, sent me oh, this. Nice. I sent you that? I think so. Back when we started podcasting. Oh. But you haven't been able to use it because you were recording on an iPad, right? No. You, I have all the attachments. I've been using this thing the entire record. Ah, uh, that's cool. I so I've been that. using an iPad from you. <laughs> And, and the like, microphone, yeah. I think you sent me. Yeah, um, I, you know, I'm like your sponsor. You are. Yep, you, you're my patron. You know, <laughs> I, think, the arts. I think that means I get a free ad spot in our own show. Yeah, use it wisely. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to advertise for. Is this a show? Yeah, this is how it always sounds. I think so. Are you, hey, everyone, are you, re- you recording? Oh yeah, okay. always be recording. ABR, yep. buddy. All right, we're here. Here we are. We're back. We're back for season. I have no idea. Four? Four? Could that be? Four. I mean, a season is a real. We've never really defined what a season is. It's just oh, yeah. we record for a while and then we stop because it becomes winter and you're a farm man. Uh, yeah, I hate to put you know, again. limits on it. I don't want to limit you know what a season could be for fields so of work. Now, so now we're starting again because it's March 22. And mm-hmm. you have your hands in the soil once again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that is how you know the next season of Fields of Work has officially started. And my uh, work is completely yeah. devoid from any sort of connection to <laughs> earth nature. and nature and uh, all of those things. Would you? I mean, maybe your like, routine is a little different because the sun's coming up earlier or anything like No, nothing? I suppose or, like, so. later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean – my routine's not any different in terms of timing. It's just different in terms of experience and yeah. light. Wow, that's deep. Are we going to check in? Is that a thing we're going to do in uh, season four? Are we just throwing all yeah. format out the window? We've already both said that we don't have our normal notes document open. Um, I mean, let's be honest. The last few episodes of season three, we would open the document and then write nothing in it. Yeah. It was nice to have it there, you know, to look at. It, nice. it felt... It felt um, like somehow we were more professional by having a document where we had ostensibly were supposed to have done some planning. Yeah. And at the very least, or actually at the very most, we would capture title ideas as we uh, as we said them. Yeah. I think we can, we can still check in if you've got something quick off the if dome. You, if you had something. Well, you would appreciate – so at – We'll get way more into all of this, um, I'm assuming, in this episode. But uh, at the new farm, they do a, a check-in thing every day we, as a group before we start. All right. But well, they're we usually – today. Well, that's the thing, Sam. They're a lot more physical than ours are. You know, um, there's like a – like there's been a stretching check-in. There's been like a go for a short jog around the barn. Like it's not always uh, – uh, Okay. You know, not always uh, words and speaking specific check-in. But, I mean, I can do some stretching right now if you want me to. I think it would make for poor, poor listening. <laughs> I mean, it would be us. for particularly poor uh, listening because what you wouldn't hear is not silence, which is fine. Yeah. You'd hear <laughs> my labored breathing as I bend over and kind of wheeze and squeak a little bit because that's just yeah. kind of how what happens as I move. I don't know what people's opinions of us are at home for those that don't actually have some, I don't know, knowledge of us. But it wouldn't be great after uh, hearing us stretch on a podcast. So we'll skip that one. But what we can do, um, we haven't talked in a long time. It's been a bit. Let's uh, We do every Mondays at the farm is, is Rose and Thorn, you know, a little classic, a little high and low 
from your weekend or whatever time frame you want to choose. It's been a long time, Sam. We can we can rose and thorn your weekend, or we last, can rose and like, thorn the last four, four months. months. <laughs> All right, it's Let's whatever rose you and thorn the last four months. And you have to go first because obviously you probably already have things in mind because you just did this check-in. Although I guess maybe if you're using a longer time frame, you'll have yeah, a different it's, answer. It's fine. I mean, yeah, my weekend one was like I had a real good dinner with, with Kira and Christina. We went out to eat, you eat? Uh, in Northville. We went to a little place called The Garage here, uh, which is an old uh, garage and gas station. Hmm. Um, I had a – well, here's, it's a fun story. We've we've journeyed my allergies um, through the farm season last year, <laughs> my – my my shrimp allergy that's like for sure definitely allergic to shrimp. I've been avoiding that, but then I got that that sesame report that said I might be allergic to sesame as well. I didn't feel as confident in that. I've eaten a couple everything bagels, um, partly out of forgetting, but also as a little test to see test. if I could. I love testing my supposed allergies slash sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Emily hates it. Yeah, I would say Kira's not a fan whatsoever. <laughs> um, she doesn't ever want to be present for those. Um, and my allergies are like, you know, maybe I'm playing with something that's a little, I don't know if your throat could close. Mine hasn't, but you know, it's one thing to Only like, uh, Hey, for me, if I ate some hay, I bet you my throat would go away. Yeah. So you haven't tried that. <laughs> you haven't tried that. So the sesame one, I'm like a little unsure of, and we were at this restaurant and I was like, Oh, I'm going to order. They have a really good looking like fried chicken sandwich situation. And I was like, I'll order that. That's nothing to do with shrimp and like sesame, whatever. Like, there's no way that's going to be an issue. And so I ordered that and it came to the table. And Sam, you have never seen a bun in your life with more sesame seeds on it. I like, I'm talking like, like sesame is on top of sesame seeds. You cannot see the bun underneath it. It felt like a test. Like someone was messing with you. It was. I couldn't believe it. I mean, the bun was essentially one big sesame seed. And I stared at it for a while as we deliberated as a group if I was going to ask for another bun, but I couldn't find our server for a while. So I oh, eventually no just... you were going to ask for another bun. I could tell you how that ends. That story yeah. ends with you not asking for another bun. What well, it ends with is maybe you scraping as many sesame seeds off as you can <laughs> discreetly onto your plate and covering it with a napkin. Fair. And instead, what I did was I removed the top piece of the bun. The bottom bun didn't really have many sesame seeds. There were definitely some, uh, some that had fallen to the plate and I'm sure made their way into my stomach. Uh, and I ate it as like an open face sandwich situation, which probably just made me look really eccentric. Like if you saw me there, I took the top you're bun just, off. And I mean, fork and knife guy. You're just you're <laughs> just being mindful of your gluten intake. Exactly, and I cut it in half. Um, it was a great it was a great sandwich. I had a good dinner. Um, so that was my like my my short term rose. Are you think a little the, bit sad though that you didn't test out the sesame situation? A little bit, but you know I think there's a time and place for that, and it wasn't probably not uh, out with people. Yeah, in the comfort I mean, of your own home. <laughs> Come from my own home, but maybe while I have somebody else here, but Kira's on vacation, it'll have to be arranged. I'll need uh, some <laughs> form of allergy doula. <laughs> I'll come over and I'll have a tuna sandwich because okay. I'm testing. I'm trying to like build back my ability to eat tuna, yeah. and you'll have a sesame something. Yeah, and for we'll sure. Hold each other as we feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Kira doesn't want to be here for it. She says I can test it if I want, but it, she doesn't want to have to go through the the anxiety of watching me potentially have or not have an allergic reaction. So hmm. um, she sort of told me her game plan is drop me off uh, at a, like a police station or a fire department if it was closer than the hospital, which it was in Kingston Springs. And that was just, and just give it to them as a, this is your issue now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> Please take care of him. Uh, like so that was my. off like, a, like an unwanted puppy. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Except it's just an allergy, uh, allergic reaction to having an allergy uh, man in his 20s. <laughs> Yeah, who decided he wanted to test it a bit. 
Uh, so that was my that was my my short term weekend rose. Um, and if I don't talk forever, I can just do a, a weekend thorn. I guess we've just been dealing with uh, figuring out uh, apartment living with the pets, uh, specifically mm. uh, a dog who's not used to hearing this many people uh, who share a building with us, mm. and he needs to understand that. Every person that comes in the building is not coming to our apartment specifically. There's no, no way to get the door and be like, oh, yeah, here they come. Um, so there's been some some quite a few nights where I've not slept through the night because there's a, a 2 a.m. barking. Uh, never a lot of barking, but enough to wake me up. Um, so he's still figuring it out. Um, but that's been a little bit of a like, man, I'd love to just sleep through the night. Um, you, but he will uh, not. been the recipient of any stink eyes from your neighbors? No, I don't think our neighbor across the hall has a, a, a like a newborn. It sounds like I hear a lot of baby crying from over there, which is fine. I can't hear much from the other apartments. It's only if I'm in like the communal part of the building, like the hall, I can hear anything. So that's been nice. I don't know if we are even working with like a full building here of, of roommates. I don't yeah. I don't think we are. Um, so I have no complaints really in terms that's of good. like hearing people, you know, if it could stay that way, that would be awesome. Um because that was definitely a concern of ours going in. So, mm-hmm. all, so far, so good. I'm sure we'll have, you know, uh, apartment updates as, as we continue to live here. Apartment yeah. story, neighbor stories, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I can I can give you all sorts of apartment tips. Mm. I mean, probably yeah. not, but I have been what's, living in apartments for a very long time. Yeah, what's any, any go-to ones? Never um, get to know your neighbors. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not good at knowing my neighbors. Uh Become friends with maintenance guys. Okay. Yeah. We've only had one so far. Um, we haven't been here that long. So I'm hoping to not need them at all. That'd be great. No, you're going to um, need them. So yes. become friends with them. Um, like learn their names, chat with them when they come by. If you have like a baked good, offer it when they come to fix stuff. Uh, when you see them just around the building, like make sure you say, hey, use their name. If you can, like around Christmas, give them like a nice, like, like give them like 50 bucks and a card and then they'll, they'll take care of you, which is what you want in an apartment building because yeah. it can be real hit or miss. Yeah. It's, it is worth a $50 bribe to the maintenance guy every year for him to like actually try to solve your problems. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, I, I mean, that's a good point. And we've already kind of heard from Joe and Christina who lived here before us that uh, dealing with maintenance here can be um, a very hit or miss or very frustrating experience. So yeah, I will yeah. I will make sure to do that. Baskets of produce, maybe you know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, baked goods are better, but yeah, sure, for sure, give the man a, a a bunch of carrots, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I should probably learn the produce of choice of my maintenance my maintenance yeah, guy. There you go, but, befriend, learn favorite vegetables, and then boom. Yeah, but it. the answer is going to be like, but donuts are pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, you I grow agree. donuts on your farm. <laughs> no, no donuts, no sweets. Um, oh. So I guess I'll settle for buying produce or buying baked goods or baking baked goods for them. Yeah. But uh, what about you? You want it, You can go. You can go four month rose and thorn. You can. I can't remember weekend. four months. Uh, it seems like a long time. Roses and thorns over the last four months. Um, so I'll just save those for the conversation, I guess. Uh, I should not spin away from the microphone. I haven't podcasted in a while. My mic technique is just abysmal. We've never been known uh, for our mic technique. From the last week or so, sir, I'm looking at my calendar. That's good. 
Yeah, that's a good source of all things. So I'm basically in the last week of one of my very long running projects. Yeah. Which is, uh, I guess, both a rose and a thorn. Rose in the sense it's nice to be like wrapping it up and I'm going to be shifting to going full time on a different client. Um, and then it's also the thorn because um, your boy is uh, an idiot mm-hmm. and was very glib with promising things in the end of project artifact uh, that I have not yet created. And now I'm a week away from the project being over and needing to actually create that artifact and um, realizing what I have signed myself up to create over the next like four days. Yeah. So, you know, would um, hypothetically, would that have been a thing you could have been working on throughout the project? Maybe. Oh, yes. I could have been like building it along the way, like every time yeah. I was like using a resource or a template, like setting it over here and like writing a little yeah. thing about it. And then in, you know, in the last, in the next couple of days, all I'd have to do is like write like kind of like a couple of, you know, summary emails and like send them out to people. But I'm going to be like pulling stuff together from, from scratch. Nice. The procrastination lives on yeah. into that adult working life. Not, not so good, uh, but it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be nice to have have this done and be able to focus just on on one project. Nice. That's the, the main thing that came to mind. Triathlon training is also going pretty well still. So that's a, a rose for the most part. Although today I tried to go for a bike ride because um, I have a late uh, I have a late workshop I have to deliver tonight from 8.30 to 10.30 p.m. So yeah, what's up with that? Work. Is that a West Coast because thing? this client is in New Zealand. Oh, that's right. This is This is already starting your next project. Yeah, I've already been working. I've been doing half time since January on two different projects, and I'm mm. going full time with the New Zealand uh, client uh, to next week. Um, but yeah, occasionally there's just some weird time zone stuff. Generally, we're pretty good about doing things early in their morning, which is my like end of day, like four or five p.m. Yeah, but they just couldn't get this group of people together any other time other than eight thirty. So, um, so I went for a bike ride earlier, and I there's this. Um, place that I can get to like 15 minutes away on my bike, which is a, basically it's like where a golf course is and also kind of like a one way street around this Island in the Potomac between Virginia and DC. That's like a three mile loop or something like that. And generally there's hardly anybody there. There's almost never really that many cars there. And even if they are, they're really low speed and we're all going in like the same direction. So Mm -hmm. I was going to go there and do like an hour of intervals, which you need to like not be around a bunch of other people. So you can focus in on like going hard for short periods of time. And I forgot that cherry blossoms are happening Mm. and cherry blossoms in DC are a huge deal. And the main area is this island where everybody parks and walks around. And it was it's a, Cherry Blossom Island is what you're saying. <laughs> basically. And it was just a madhouse, complete like traffic jam. And yeah. so I did one lap there and then had to like figure out something else to, to do. So that was <laughs> did you did you like do you cross a bridge or something to get to it? Or do yeah. you like do you as you cross the bridge or approaching the bridge, were you like, oh no? Uh, could you tell? Could you it tell? Was, I could tell like I didn't have any really sense of it as I was going over the bridge. And then shortly after you go over the bridge, you kind of turn right to get onto the main access road. And it seemed really, really busy. As soon as I turned right onto that road, I'm like, what is happening? And then I got, I I guess went the way I normally do and realized, oh, it's the stupid tree. I mean, it looked very nice. Yeah. I was going to say cold today. Yeah. And they weren't that pretty. I don't know if they, (laughs) if today was the first day or not, or if this is like, it's usually for like a week, I think. 
Yeah. But um, yeah. you don't have a you should have a cherry you don't have a cherry blossom calendar countdown that you I mean, as a I do, or do you just feel it not. in your blood as a fellow? Well, apparently, a I don't <laughs> feel it in my blood because otherwise, I wouldn't have ridden my bike to Haynes Point today. Yeah. Well. There you go. It sounds gore. It sounds like it could be pretty. Like if you could it get is, a ride, if you could get a ride in there when people are not there. It was. It was quite pretty um, when I wasn't being annoyed by all the people around me. Tourist man. Yeah, I know. Should try living in a non-tourist town. Sports hat. Suppose. Suppose <laughs> I could. All right, we're checked in. We welcomed everyone back. This is Fields of Work podcast. Oops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two brothers talk about work uh, and fields. Their fields of work. Um, I'm Sam. I'm the older, handsomer brother, and I am the corporate farmer. And you are who? Uh, I'm Max. I'm the youngest brother, um, the wiser of the two, um, and I am an or, uh, organic uh, consultant. Sorry, I was trying to flip hop what you did there. <laughs> Call yourself a corporate yep. farmer, uh, but I'm an organic uh, farmer. And uh, so when you when you say you're an organic farmer, um, the farming that you do is organic or you yourself are organic? I mean, the way the things I eat and the way I treat my body is at times uh, far from organic. Uh, So that mostly comes from the way that we grow produce on the farms that I'm on. Uh, A little less to do with me as an individual. Um, that being said, I Kira hear this and she'd be upset. We've, we've been actually like cooking some very, but one of our goals for moving the apartment was to start eating well again. Um, and so that part's actually been going well, but yeah, no, I, and I'm finally back on a certified organic farm, which, uh, I technically haven't been on in, in quite a while. Um, technically because you brought the wrong, uh, topsoil or, or mulch or whatever it was that happened last year. <laughs> no, that was, that was never, uh, for those close listeners will know that we were CNG certified at my last farm oh, for certified, certified naturally grown, um, and which meant we followed organic practices, but not a uh, bona fide organic farm. So we could not call our produce organic per se. You can call it local or sustainably grown or no-till farmed or et cetera, all the different things. But this farm here is is organic certified, follows all those things. I think they have been since day one, um, which was maybe 13 plus years ago. So um, they've been, they've been doing it for a while. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it doesn't really affect my day to day very much, but just, you know, uh, it's interesting to be back on a farm that, you know, has to record keep a little bit more stringently mm-hmm. because that is actually part of being organic certified. But gotcha. okay, cool. Well, why don't you, maybe we, we can each take yeah, roughly 10, 15 minutes to kind of share what we have been up to uh, the past, I don't remember when our last recording was. It's been at least like three months, I think. Yeah. I think it, I think we clocked in maybe late November, I think post late me November. wrapping up at the farm uh, uh, in Tennessee. Yeah. So That sounds right. Okay, so you kind of just uh, buried the lead there. You wrapped up uh, in, in Tennessee. Yeah. And uh, so to walk us through whatever you want from the last little bit of time. Yeah, I think the very last record we did, I gave. I think it was known for it was known for a while that I was going to leave the farm, kind of starting as soon as I think almost late August, maybe. But you didn't um, have anything lined up yet. Didn't have anything lined up. I had been doing some interviews. I think we had talked through the Connecticut farm that had offered me a job that I um, waited too long on, and they turned around and decided to hire somebody else. I had a couple other interviews. I had an interview with the DC farm. The only one that just straight up told me now. Um, which was, you know, Did fine. Did they say why now or just no? No, they just, you know, said they were going to go in a 
take it, they're taking a band in a different direction. I think here's the thing. Was I don't know if we talked about that interview much. I don't think we did. I think part of the job involved how comfortable are you on a bike? And I was like, I'm pretty, pretty comfortable, I guess. You know, what's your bike experience? What would you rate yourself? Like, legitimately, they wanted to know because that's how. So they were a rooftop farm group. They had 27 sites, something crazy. Um, and you were going to kind of be going from site to site on a cargo bike, sometimes with a trailer. Wow. I was like, I mean, I wanted to be fully transparent. I was like, I can ride a bike. I've never biked in a city, though, really. And I've never had yeah. to, like, haul stuff around via a bike. Um, and, you know, I don't think that's the biggest red flag ever. I'm not sure how many farmers are always going to be like, come into a farm interview and be like, yeah, I've got lots of cargo bike experience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, like, I don't know what they wanted to be from that sense, but I guess, you know, they were, it was just a different type of farming. It was the most out there I got in terms of applying for jobs, you know, this type of urban rooftop, you know, some of their rooftops truly look a little bit like mini farms, but a lot of them are more like cultivated looking raised beds. And, and, um, it was a, it's not in its early years, but it's still considered kind of startup feel. It felt like you are going to have to be a jack of all trades situation and, you know, be setting up for events, giving tours, you know, helping build the new raised beds in the fall or in the spring, we get new projects like then man maintaining and managing these little mini farms. And, um, I don't know, I didn't, I did not make it to the second round of that one. Um, and then had, had been interviewing for a few other and, um, did finally end up with uh, a job offer from a farm in Ann Arbor, um, Arbor, which is Michigan an area for those. Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yeah. And so an area that I have farmed where I started my farming career um, back in 2017. Nope. 2015 um, was my first uh, season farming. So and that was in Ann Arbor. Um, we'll talk more about it. But at a, at a farm that's 500 yards down the road from the one I'm currently working on. Oh, really? um, I didn't imagine so, that close. <laughs> yeah. They're on the same street. Do you remember um, when you were working at that original one, seeing that one and be like, that farm looks stupid. stupid no, be, be, because the owners of these two farms, the one I work on now and the one I worked at the time, are very good friends. They all got into farming at the same time. They went through a very similar uh, incubator farm that was in Ann Arbor. They kind of got land right next to each other at a similar time and were farming with very similar methods. Um, and so we actually were the people I'm working for now, I used to come down to their farm pretty often down the road to borrow implements and come down there. And, and so I knew both of them coming into two of the owners coming into this, this job interview and everything. So that probably it felt, then they yeah. felt like they knew you as well a little bit. Yeah. And a couple of my main references for the farm, you know, were people that they knew intimately as well. So it definitely I thought maybe you were going to say that they were actually enemies, which would have been a fun, <laughs> a more fun conversation. But I guess yeah. it makes sense that they were they've, they know each they've other. gone very different directions in farming, though. I mean, not very, but, um, you know, one has gone smaller and toned down its size and one has gotten way bigger. So um, it's been interesting to see kind of just the two the two directions you could go if you were an organic vegetable farm, you know, and decided uh, one person wanted to manage and have lots of people and, and have a big farm going on the one I'm currently on. And the one I started on has kind of gotten more into a family farm kind of setup um, where they don't have many employees and have kind of just, you know, turned it more into a uh, full, you know, family operation. So, um, but yeah, we, I wrapped things up in Tennessee, applied for jobs, did the old UPS thing, and then, um, you know, kicked around in, in Tennessee for a little while um, while kind of I tried to find a farm job. But at the same time, Kira tried to find the right job for her that would either 
line up with our farm job or if it was going to be remote, it would make sense, you know, where we were living, et cetera. So um, it finally kind of came together that in the end of February or so, um, actually it was very quick that her getting offered her job. I accepted the farm job. And then uh, with her start date that they wanted, we packed up and moved um, within seven days of finding out essentially. And, and we did everything very quickly and got here to Northville was where we're living um, kind of just outside Ann Arbor, um, 25, 30 minutes from, from Auburn Hills where we grew up and we kind of packed things up and moved very quickly. We brought How far away is that from your farm? I drive about 28 minutes or so, uh, which I personally very much enjoy. It's all back roads. Um, it's for some primo podcast time um, and audiobook time is important. And I've always, I've never minded a commute, you know, under a certain length. And so it's, it was fine to me to be this far away. And uh, we made the move. We brought both pets, brought a U-Haul. Um, her brother and her mom helped us move in, kind of bring everything up from, from Tennessee. We moved in the day of a very large snowstorm. I think nine inches of snow fell that night. Um, so we were like, race, literally the first snowflake started to fall as we were moving stuff out of the U-Haul. By the time we had emptied the U-Haul, there was probably like two to three inches on the ground. Um, her brother drove the U-Haul back to return it yeah. like in some deep snow. Um, and then that night we drove uh, – we didn't stay here the first night. And we drove in some some pretty gnarly conditions. Um, I had to like turn to Kira and be like, I swear it's not always like this. <laughs> there is warmth. There is – the sun She's does shine here. Tennessean, right? Well, yeah. And has lived in uh, California, Tennessee – uh, Florida and Hawaii. So I'm really uh, taking her to the tropical north here. Um, so, you know, and she's never seen well, she did for your for your wedding celebration in July, but has mostly never seen Michigan in like pretty weather. So, yeah. you know, we always come for holidays. So I'm like, it's it'll be here. It'll be worth it when it's not 100% humidity and, you know, unbearable in, in July. Um, so we made that move and I just started on the farm. Uh, last monday so a little over a week ago um cool Tell so i'm about the farm what's the what's the job consist of what's the farm like how's it going you know two weeks yeah so i was i am a hired in as a uh field manager for this farm um and the farm is green things farm collective um they uh i do them as green things farm back in the day when i was in ann arbor um during uh covid and during the 2020 of year uh, a couple other farms were in need of land and were kind of like, you know, all of them were trying to figure out how to go through this together. And they became a collective. So they are no longer a two owner farm. The, f- the farmers that I knew who um, owned the land itself, they brought in two other farmers, one who had uh, her own farm growing nearby in Ann Arbor, but on, on leased land and um, someone else who had been farming with them. Uh, so they became kind of a four owner collective um, and because of kind of that increase in size became, um, a bigger operation pretty quickly. So they're, uh, the land itself is like 40 plus acres that they own. <clears throat> it's five acres of no-till. Um, so the style of farming that I've been doing, um, but like just blown up in size, it's, you know, uh, you were doing like five times four, right? Yeah. And, and, and honestly, probably closer to about three quarters of an acre. This is this visually looks a lot bigger. There are hundred foot beds. There's tons of fields, um, two giant hoop houses. There's a lot going on. Um, 
and it almost couldn't be any farther. It's still organic farming. It's still no-till, but it couldn't be any farther in the other direction. Uh, I was solo farming in Tennessee with the occasional help, you know, celebrating my small victories, pushing to get that sales, what, right around 40000 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this farm is – there's 11 of us managers and owner level. Like there's four owners and then there's a swath of managers and then there will be a crew of probably 10 – to 12 other people this year. So it'll be upwards of 20 plus people on this farm. Um, kind of, you know, doing all different sorts of things. I mean, there, I will be harvesting very little, um, because that doesn't necessarily fall in my lane of things to handle, um, because of just how big the farm is. So, um, the, yes, there's three of us field managers who are, um, essentially taking on the responsibility of, of all things going into the field. So bed prep, which is um, a lot of actually, even though it's no-till, it's still a lot of it's tractor based because the way they used to not be no-till, they have a lot of tractors. So there's been a lot of conversion of uh, machinery and things to use it still without tilling the soil. So um, it's a lot of moving those tarps that I have all over the field, you know, that I had in Tennessee, there's tarps like that. It's composting, amending, it's then planting out those beds um, and staying on top of, uh, maintaining them and weeding them, trellising them, whatever they need throughout their growing, uh, time. And then, you know, when harvest comes around, there's a harvest, uh, manager and crew that will take care of kind of the harvest as we continue to prep other beds. When a bed is done, the process of flipping it back into production, um, we will have that main general crew that gets hired in the summer. They are a crew that will do everything, but they're going to spend, you know, during peak season, a lot of their days of the week harvesting. We might get them for afternoons to help with, you know, certain bed prep things, um, planting days. They can be a lot. But the three of us, it's kind of an interesting experience because there's three of us who are going to be like trying to hive mind the field production stuff. Um, And, you know, essentially we are all the same role. Um, So we're trying to kind of find what that means within, you know, the upcoming season of who's handling what without it becoming, you know, well, that's so-and-so's job. You know, it's it's a lot of like things I've not had to navigate before because, you know, before it was all in my brain and it was me. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, you know, you want a bed prep, you're the one doing it. And um, so there's a ton to take in there. One of the other field managers uh, is brand new as well, uh, like me, but the third one uh, has been farming there for two seasons. So he has, some prior knowledge of, of the operation, which helps. And um, the reason they hired kind of us three to become these field manager p- positions is because two of the owners, this used to kind of be their thing. Um, but then the farm is big enough now and they're being pulled in so many other directions that they wanted to like hand off production to someone else uh, to kind of make themselves both available for everything else that goes on on the farm. So there's a, there's a lot going on. There's, you know, someone in charge of the nursery and greenhouse and all of that production. Uh, her role includes also a really, really large cut flower CSA, um, 150 members, like at scale that I have not seen even with my vegetable production, almost CSA members. So, um, and then there's somebody who is in charge of uh, floating. One of the owners is a lot, but she's at HR and there's a lot more HR work involved when you have 20 employees um, and are trying to keep, you know, some form of culture and, yeah. <laughs> you know, sanity to all these roles that are going on um there's a the three field managers 
there's a harvest manager, there's a fulfillment um, in charge of, you know, all the produce once it comes in from the field. There's a ton of different ways they move all this produce. And then there's like a CSA and memberships uh, manager who she is managing the farm stand, uh, these different smaller CSAs, which they call memberships, you know, all of the different people that are trying to get the produce essentially in some way. Um, so it's weird to be on a farm that has so many like, you know, so many lanes that are going on where it is yeah. full time. You know, it's way more like I think for once we're going to find more commonality at our work yeah. in the sense where like, you know, I, these past two weeks uh, or, you know, this is my second week. I've spent probably 60% of my time in like genuine meetings. Right. Like we are sitting down trying to learn the crop plan. How are, is this crew going to find out what we need from them and what they need from us? And, you know, what is the what is the procedure and protocol oh for like jam? I know. And it's been <laughs> and they've been kind of growing and stretching and figuring it out. And, you know, there's a lot of just like trial and error and what's not working. And, you know, the the main platform they use for uh, all of the information on the farm is this uh, product or this service called Airtable. Uh, yeah, Airtable can be used for lots of different stuff, but farms, yeah. a lot of small farms are starting to use it. And, you know, within Airtable are all of these crazy spreadsheets that, you know, talk to each other essentially and pull information from one to another. And, you know, there's ways to track all this data. And um, for me, it's been a lot of just like, what is all of this information and what do I need to know? Uh, what's not important for my job? What is? And, um, you know, how are the three of us going to accomplish our job every week and not step on each other's toes or have things fall through the cracks? Um, so, you know, there's, it's really cool to see like there's, you know, weekly manager meetings with all 11 of us that'll be happening throughout the farm season. There's, you know, full on farm walk with all of the managers on Mondays. There's, um, consistent times built in for checking in with each other to try and make sure everyone's on the same page. There's like, you know, a TV in the uh, communal work area that we all, the barn that has a weekly dashboard on it that has like kind of what everyone's doing and what's going on. And like, you guys sound like a startup. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's kind of like in the farming, you know, world. And I have not been on, you know, any other farm that's like this. It does have that feel where you have people who have, probably the most farming experience I've ever worked on of a crew between, you know, if you accumulate the years of the managers, owners, people that are here, it's a ton of farm knowledge. Um, and I think part of it is figuring out how to uh, like let people have their farm knowledge and use it and not try and step on top of each other and be like, you know, input essentially what your personal experience has been or something else like that. And try to give people the space to like figure out those systems for themselves I think um, I locked Emily like? out. I got to let her in. You oh, no. Okay. And time out. <laughs> no, keep talking. <laughs> keep talking. Talk. Oh, sorry. We're not editing any of this out. Uh, Sam's going to go let his wife back in the apartment. Um, but anyways, you know, I think I could talk about this farm and I will talk about this farm a ton. I will probably need to get some things okayed of that I am allowed to talk about. <laughs> but, you know, I'm you not going to. more th- like me every single day. Yeah, I know. I think a lot of it is uh, going to be more transparent than that because uh, they're pretty open about it all. And, and they are trying to be a model farm for uh, – I can't tell what she's showing me. She's showing me food. Yes. Okay. But that's both. Just that, I, I was just answering a question about if a pan could go in the oven. Um, <laughs> a certain pan. 
but uh yeah i think you know they um have been a farm that is trying to be very transparent about their farming model because i think i'm looking at the blog right now and there's a really they don't have a lot of articles but there's a few and there's this uh looks like in 2021 kind of a the story of how they went how they like restored the soil and went to no-till mm-hmm. i'm excited to actually read this in more detail yeah and there's some i mean multiple people on the farm do some of the writing hannah who's the the hr one of the owners she's a gr- she's a great writer and she sends out really like good weekly newsletters that are really well written and has written some good blog posts and you know they're they are a farming I don't know, method or, you know, idea that I think could become more common going forward with how expensive land is. So it might be very hard to be one farmer to buy 20 acres to start your farm. But if a collective could go in on property and figure out, you know, how do you make this a business model that is, you know, realistic for other people to do? Um, and, you know, that's what they're trying to essentially perfect and and they're trying to also do it in a way where you know people are being paid a a legitimate wage you're not counting upon a lot of interns and all these different things where you try and squeeze by by having you know someone else come and help you know it's a lot more of streamlining those things that do make you the money that you can pay people to to stick around and you know it's definitely a work in progress i think this is season three of this collective or so um but it's a really interesting idea and like totally shook up the way that I, you know, I'm like, I, I became, we, we've been literally calling ourselves corporate farmers recently because we're all walking around with these laptops now. And like, we all go and sit down in a meeting and every single person's on a laptop and we're all on air table and we're all like, you know, sharing this yeah. information back and forth. And it'll be different in the farm season. We're trying really hard to lay this groundwork because two weeks from now, the first plants go like in the ground in the field and this time will quickly diminish um, there will be you know time for sitting down and trying to figure out what the, the SOPs are for how we direct seed crops, you know. But now there is the time, and um, those are kind of the things that we're we're trying to continue working on. So um, it's been a lot of just like genuine onboarding um, with with some farming stuff thrown in, and we're kind of also trying to you know bring in some of the lean farming kind of stuff to streamline this operation um to you know be uh as efficient as we can with this many people and moving parts going on so um there it's a really cool opportunity i'm pretty excited to to see kind of how especially once the growing season like gets going you know how well do these titles and these these roles maintain and like actually stick um and you know if things get messy and and whatnot but um as far as everything else goes it's just been you know pretty a pretty interesting experience um i'm hoping that uh the growing season itself goes well but you know so far i think it'll be pretty fun to kind of uh pick at your brain for how some of this stuff um you know this is a lot of people and it's a lot of people for a farm Um, and it's a lot of people not used to, uh, existing in a world that has so much of this other stuff going on, uh, that is a bit more, you know, what's that? I smell Sammy coming into Ann Arbor for a run of workshop. Yeah, you should, you can, yeah. Is that, I mean, it would be a lot of, I think it would be a pretty good opportunity. Chartering, uh, we could also do all sorts of fun stuff. I think you might have to, um, 
give us a prorated uh, friends yeah, yeah, of the I don't friend of the farm discount or something. <laughs> normal corporate rates. We'll make sure you know. We'll figure something out. What's your uh, What's your favorite produce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, We're growing strawberries. Grow? We, got we got strawberries. Right? Got straws. I love straws. You do love straws. You yeah, actually have a shameful secret. I oh, keep no. buying strawberries and then not They're rotting them. Yeah. What's wrong with? I them? mean, you don't. Are you trying to help the strawberry farmer? Is that what it is? You're just looking out for the big corporate corporate, uh, (laughs) farm. You're actually the person they love, man. This is great. You're just buying it. It doesn't matter. It does matter, though. I feel terrible every time I don't finish a whole thing of them. You should. Yeah. It's like a banana. It's going to rot. It's just going to happen before you can get to it. Well, but but a banana, a rotting banana, you can turn into banana bread. That's true. There's There's a future for a rotting banana. There's no future for a rotting strawberry. No, that yeah. yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing to salvage it. Can you make strawberry yeah. bread with rotting, like a really soft strawberry? Here's the thing: a strawberry never, it, it does get soft, but boy, does that getting soft coincide with it getting hair? Yeah. <laughs> it's like rot and sure turning does. turning green. So, if you could nail that window, I think you should just maybe eat the soft strawberry instead of try to make strawberry bread. But you can experiment with that. But I can't wait to hear from you as you have the world's worst stomach ache. <laughs> Because you, you guessed wrong. <laughs> Rotten strawberries. But uh, yeah, I think I could talk forever about it. Um, there's a lot, yeah, a wait, lot going let's, on. Let's, but we'll keep it. Maybe maybe we should try to keep our episodes like a little tighter this year. Yeah, I love that. Let's talk. Let's talk shorter. Should we do, should we do that? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you give us uh, a Sammy update uh, business and maybe uh, triathlon stuff and life stuff. But does that sound possible? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Like it'll be shorter because I haven't had major life changes in the past three months nice. the way the way you have. I would love um, to make it not sort of throw it out there. I would love for uh, every new season of Fields of Work not to involve me having just moved to a new farm. If we could just <laughs> one time hey, get some consistency, I'm, I will. I'm you know. into that. You know, we, I'm 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 fine to have some consistency. So it would be great. I think, uh, yeah, after moving and everything, I would love to just uh, limit how many you know at least extend the amount of time i live in a place um right now i'm running about a two-year cycle so um, i know that feeling well i think right now this is the longest i have lived anywhere other than childhood yeah which is pretty crazy we moved here the end of 2017 so at the end of this year it'll be six years wow good for you same apartment and everything yeah it's been a minute for me but this could be it. Who knows? Cool. Well, let's see. Emily got a new job, which is why we're still here. There was that element of her five-year contract that originally brought her to D.C. and us and, and me to D.C. As, as well from New York. It ended. Uh, so she was in this process of finding a new job. And there were various uh, opportunities on the table. At one point, it looked like we were looking at moving to Hawaii. Uh, there were some other jobs at various army bases that she was looking at, but ultimately ended up taking a job here in DC, which meant we didn't have to move or do anything. Um, and it's not a contract job. It's an actual full-time employee uh, job. So that's cool. And it feels like you know, for the foreseeable future, we'll be in the DMV area um, and we'll continue that. So I don't know if we'll this this apartment at least goes through December. Um, so I don't know if we'll try to find something else like a house or something more permanent 
to to farm. Did you say farm? Revenue. I'm sorry. Was that a farm? Did you say farm? You yeah. Get a- start farming. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, though, if you, here's the thing. You know, Kira's new job is technically based in D.C. So if you could go ahead and get yourself an acre, Sam, just an acre yeah. somewhere, it can be a little outside. She would love to go into an office, <laughs> and we'll and we'll come join you in the in the the D.C. area. All right. Yeah, we'll find we'll buy some land. You, I'll I'll lease some of it to you so you can uh, do the farm thing. But it, ha- it has to be close enough that Emily can go to her office. Kira can go to her office. As long yeah. as the as long as uh, there's a good home office where you know I can do my work, I'll be happy. And I promise to grow. And I promise to grow strawberries. Only strawberries and no hay. <laughs> No hay. All strawberries. strawberries. I also want that to be the name of the farm. Okay. That's fine. All All strawberries, no hay. I mean, no (laughs) strawberries, all hay. You want it the opposite? You want the thing that's going to kill you? If I had my own live-in farmer, I could grow all sorts of things. We could could experiment with my uh, lizard tail idea from way back in the day. That's a season one idea. If it wants to go back into the back one. It's it's an all-star idea is what it is. Yeah, Sam's looking to eat lizard tails. I'm, I'm just saying, if you have an animal that can regenerate a part of its body, we should really think carefully about whether we can possibly eat that part of the body and then yeah. just grow them Bigger. in a very sustainable way forever. Okay, because currently those things would be a real tiny little bit, a little snack. You need to get those well, things to, grown a little bigger. We'd have to evolve them to have big, meaty tails. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring some scientists in for that if probably. we can make you know, chickens just these humongous – flightless idiots that just grow huge bird breasts so we can eat them we can make lizards with big fat meaty tails that fall right off i'm just saying. Uh, that sounds like a campaign speech if i've ever heard <laughs> so that uh strawberries yeah. no hay lizard tails i like carrots i like carrots i can do that that's more possible than lizard tails personally but okay. um yeah, oh, bees, man. I want bees. Okay. Yeah, we'll do bees. <laughs> we can also do bees. Do you want to hear about the wildest thing that I have learned about honey? I would love to. Let's for let's stop. Hey, there stop the is podcast. <laughs> some sort of like membership program, some sort of bougie farm box CSA sort of thing in Southern California. Sounds right. Which um, I I'll find the link and send it to you. But it literally it's like. They send you vegetables and stuff, but there's also other products that you can buy that are incredibly expensive. But yeah. one of the incredibly expensive things you can buy is honey uh, f- that comes from the flowers from a celebrity's property. So you can buy LeBron James honey because they have set up a, a hive in LeBron James' backyard. I hope they don't tell him. Is it a secret? <laughs> it's like a gorilla sort of like like uh, invisibly. That's yeah, hilarious. And, and the nighttime they come and set up their hives. And <laughs> Yeah. I'm guessing that's not it. I'm guessing LeBron James is getting a cut of this honey. How much do you For think sure. a jar of this honey costs? Oh, I don't even want to know. How big of a jar are we talking? How many ounces? I don't Pretty know, small? but I think I think it's like, I don't know. Let's like, say a typical honey. hundred? It's not a hundred. Is that even up to a hundred? It's way more. It's me that Dude. $250. Wow. $250 for LeBron James honey. Here's the best part. Okay. You cannot physically limit – bees have a radius for sure, but it's kind of far. It's, like it's, it's, it's not – It's LeBron James neighbor honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no way that they can guarantee that the beautiful flowers on LeBron James's 
property, which is most likely not 50 acres, is 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 those those bees are picking up. Yeah, the neighbor's honey. Yeah. I don't know some random street flower honey. That's yeah. nothing. That all that is is those bees did a a, a stint. They lived for a bit on LeBron James's yeah. property. You would, you should ask for a bit one of the bees instead because that bee's at least seen his house. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So all That's, I'm saying is, let's do that. Except politicians for, with me. No oh, me. Okay. Oh, okay. Sam's Pearl and Honey. Hey, that's called being a farmer. <laughs> and I, I'll build up my brand so we can oh, okay. so we can charge more for it. Okay, yeah, for sure. You can also just, just make good honey and then charge more for it. All honey is the same. It's not okay. like you get some bees that you like train to make good honey. It's true, but you could give them access to better uh wildflowers and things that are really gonna they're really gonna give it some, you know, some better flavor. LeBron James's sweat, <laughs> I assume. <laughs> Yeah, right, um, sorry. I don't remember what we were talking about. You want to oh, maybe buy a house or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. No, I don't, we're not looking for anything actively right now. Emily is like literally weeks away from defending her dissertation, so get through cool. that, and then our, we'll have a whole new world in front of us, uh, which nice. will be exciting. Work wise, um, yeah, I've already mentioned I've been kind of running two halftime projects plus DAO stuff. Um, that's been like my main kind of portfolio of work. Starting in April, I will shift to full time on this New Zealand uh, project that I'm working on with uh, Alistair, who I don't know if he's ever made an appearance on this podcast before, but I've, I've met know, him. You met him at my wedding. Yep. Yeah, he's cool. He's a fun guy to work with. This is the first time we've worked together on a project. It's a it's a great project. Like all my projects, I probably shouldn't talk in detail or mention specific client names, but we are getting to work. Um, you know, it's like a, I think it seems like a newer. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if we can say this without giving too much away, but like they seem, you know, a lot of times you're working with very large, older organizations. Things have been around a while. This is a newer company, right? They've actually been around since the seventies. Believe it okay, or not. Okay. No, no. That would be smaller. 600 people. Yeah. Uh, based in, in New Zealand. Don't Google too hard. You'll probably <laughs> figure it out, but yeah, it's fine. They're, um, Really interesting group to work with, really motivated for the work that we're doing together because we are working pretty closely with the C-suite, so the the, the CEO and their head of people um, and just that whole senior leadership team. It's an opportunity to really have a lot of impact um, because you know not a huge number of people, less than a thousand. You've got you're working with the most senior leadership team, which means they have the most influence in the organization. So mm-hmm. there's just so much really cool opportunity there. It's also really freaking hard, and like every day, I feel like I have to bring my A game because we're like dealing and, and working through like some really like major stuff for them. Um, it's not mm-hmm. just like this like tiddlywink stuff. Like we're doing we're doing some real uh, some real shit, uh, which is good, and, I, and I'm enjoying that quite a bit. Um, did they Time seek you guys suck, out? But they, they seek. Did they seek you out? Did you guys out, or did someone? Was there a connection within there the radio? Was a, already? There was an RFP, I believe, that we responded to. Um, I don't know, but I think kind of the ultimate buyers were already familiar with us and our work, maybe through the mm-hmm. podcast and the book and everything. But we did have to kind of go through an RFP process last year to uh, to do that, and then. There was a small project that kicked off at near the end of last year, really kind of just working with 
the two folks who are really in front of the, the transformation effort. And then from January till now, it's been Alistair and I kind of each doing halftime. And then it's not 100%, but 99.9% sure in April, it goes to both Alistair and I going full time for at least three months. Nice. So, which is always nice, always preferable to be fully on one project if you can swing it because you don't have to context switch uh, as much. Especially with a hard hitting project, it sounds like. Yeah, like for sure. When you're like really, it's cognitively draining. And there's just um, coordinating time zones when you're dealing with New Zealand and people in the UK and then me in the Eastern US and then Alistair in the mountain time zone. Yeah, it's um the windows are sh- are smaller for finding times at work for people. Otherwise, yeah. you get situations like what I'm about to do, which is facilitate a two hour workshop starting at eight thirty freaking p.m. Yeah, is um is there any opportunity for travel uh, in there? You think? Yeah, no? yeah. So it looks like uh, we'll go to New Zealand for two weeks at the end of April. Into wasn't there a potential travel opportunity in May for you to Europe as well, or is that not happening? End anymore? of May, I'm going to Sweden. Yes, good call. Yeah. I'm Jeez. going to to speak at a video game conference uh, the end of May in Sweden. Yes. Are you – that talk. Good yeah. I say, so you kind of have to write this talk for that while you're well, also working on another project yeah. or is it easier? I mean, it's it's going we'll to be more but... of a workshop than a talk. So it's not like I need to draft something completely new. It's going to be a variation of a relatively standard workshop that I've given many, many times through, through the ready. I'm going to just put – I've got a few ideas for making it quite tailored to this group. Uh, is it I developers just, yeah, or do that. is it video game developers? So or it is, is um, primarily it is held at a university that has a game development and game management uh, educational track. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is that a large part of this conference is the sharing and kind of a competition around um, – I don't know if they're called seniors, but like end of program projects. Yeah. Uh, so hmm. it's a lot of, I think, students or graduating students. And then I'm, I would imagine it's open also to the public. So that's cool as hell. I don't get to play. I think I'm, I might get a chance to like be on the like judge panel of the, the games. So that would be, that'd be sweet. Yeah. That'd be, that's some, that's some, that. that's some good, some good content right there. That's cool. You gotta, you gotta make sure you drop a couple like cool Final Fantasy references, or like let them know that you're cool. Like let them know that you're a guy that played games. I gotta figure out. Yeah, how do I subtly make them aware that I'm not an idiot? Yeah, about video I, games. Specifically. Yeah. So you should definitely find some little Easter eggs you can throw throughout your your presentation, your workshop to let them know that. Well, I have cool. actually been reading a bunch of uh, and and watching some stuff about video game development um not necessarily specific games but more so around like studios mm-hmm. and i've read some stuff already just because i'm interested in video games but i have like a whole stack of books here that i bought that i'm trying to get through before i actually go go over there and, and do that talk that's real cool that's uh, one of my dream places <coughs> to travel so if you got an extra big suitcase you want to put me in let me know all right yeah i'll um i'll, I'll definitely do that I'd love to be. I don't have to be a carry on. I can be a check bag. It's fine. Found you check me. Dogs. Yeah, that's fine with me. As long as I end up there, that's great. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so that'll be fun to talk about as I pull the stuff together. And then obviously after after that, going to New Zealand will be interesting uh, as well, assuming that goes through as we think it will. Uh, Emily has already told me if I go to Hobbiton without her, she's going to divorce me. 
Mm. Uh, oh so man, Kira would be so mad at me if I did that. She would. She would. Yeah, I understand. Is she a big Hobbit, a big big Lord of the Rings person as well? Yeah. Well, you know, we t- what her birthday in her birthday month in January. We uh we watched all of the extended edition Lord of the Rings, culminating nice. in watching the Return of the King extended edition on her birthday, um nice. as 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 a big a big celebration. So big big fan. Yeah, Emily is a new a new but very intense fan of of Lord of the I Rings. Picked, I've picked up on that. Yeah, and the family <laughs> just the family text for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's um that's the like work stuff. Actually, we're going to. Middle of April, we're going to just outside of Nashville for the next retreat for the ready. Yeah, um, tell me about that place. I applied I, there. I don't know anything about it yet, uh, but it looks amazing. Yeah, you said that they turned you down for a job. They did. Day. When I when I got the job, where I ended up in Tennessee, the same time I had applied for the job for the place you're going, uh, and they said uh, actually they never said anything to me. And I'm sure they got my email. Um, okay. <laughs> but you know what? They just hired a new farm manager this past fall also. So hmm. who knows? So you have to tell me. Worked out. Yeah. So you have to let me know. I mean, they do have falconry, uh, classes. So I hope I yeah. To touch a falcon. Yeah. You could sign up for, I think a falcon related workshop. So I wonder you know. if that'll be like our team building exercise. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I'm not sure how it works. It's one falcon probably, <laughs> or maybe two. <laughs> There's a lot of you. The falcon. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, maybe you guys will have better luck, like in the spa or something else, or I don't know, working on the yeah. farm. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, and then triathlon wise, um, yeah, in the fall I took training relatively easy after the honeymoon and everything. Um, it was still working out relatively consistently, but without a really strict plan or anything. Kind of just doing whatever I wanted. And then a couple months ago actually like started getting back into the training plan have my races laid out for the year going to do three triathlons again this year two olympic and then a half ironman um and then hopefully close out my year with a marathon here in dc the uh oh. core marathon which will be cool because i'll be able to walk to the starting line from my apartment that's cool have you told brother joey that yet because he would yeah, like to run that with joey you was in okay town a little while ago and we um well, actually, maybe I didn't tell him. I thought I told him about it. Maybe he wants to run know. a full, and if you two both do a full, I'm going to feel obligated to then also get in on running the full. So we'll all, we can well, all run it. Should all do the Marine Corps Marathon this fall? Come uh, and do that. When is it? What time of year? What, what's actual month? The end of I think it's the end of October. Okay, I actually have a wedding at the end of October, so we'll see what day it is. But okay. if I can make it, I'll run it. So you we do a brotherly in the dust, but it'll be fun to start together. No, I think I think I've never run twenty six, so I might just finish right at the same time as you. So we can just <laughs> that'd be fun. Uh, right. but, but, but first race coming up in a couple of weeks, same one as last year that I did the, for the first time, but doing the Olympic, which I did the Olympic ride last time. That was the one where I messed up and missed the turn and ended up doing yeah, two just laps. an extra lap. Yeah, yeah, but I'm gonna do it on purpose this time. This time. Yeah, you'll be ready. You'll yeah. know. Actually, here's yeah. the thing: is you're going to do a thing where you only do it once or something because your brain is going to do the opposite. Up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm just I'm just destined to do this race wrong every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't swim extra far or anything, you know. <laughs> you don't have to worry about me swimming extra far. Although, actually, kind of do a little bit. My last Olympic, I looked at my. Um, after the race, I kind of looked at my data and I took my turns very wide. I think I did like yeah. a couple, like an extra, at least extra, maybe 200 meters of swimming just from how wide I took my turns. That's good. I've just really, really trying to keep that line. Maybe. I don't know. There's probably a reason behind that strategy. 
Is that hard to turn? Not <laughs> being good at sighting. Yeah, that that could be it. Yeah, but all right, cool. you need to go. You need to go. I got it. Some water. Get my game face on to run this workshop, and then pass out. And tomorrow, I have to deliver an all-day workshop on site with a different client. Cool. So it's gonna be. Don't forget about that thing you got to turn in in a couple weeks. What thing? Art, uh, artifact. You said you got that big project. I think to turn in at the end of That's this project due on Thursday. Oh, okay. Well, Wait, not tomorrow? tomorrow, like a week, oh. a week from tomorrow. Oh, cool. So seven days on that. Yeah. And they'll be good. They'll be, they'll be in piece the clear. Piece of cake. Yeah, And now cake. we're back on. No, making no promise about when we do this. Maybe we'll do bi-weekly. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it'll be more. Maybe it'll be less. Just keep one yeah. eye on your podcast player. Life sounds like it's more interesting for you and I than it used to be. So maybe we have more podcast content. But I'm not going to guarantee that. But Maybe we do. We, we just might. So. All right, man. Good, good to talk right, to you again. Season four. Good talking to you. Later, man. See ya.